Wishing a happy new year to everyone out there. Hope, oh, hoping that you had a enjoyable, relaxing, and uh, um, merry uh, holidays with your family and, and all your all your loved ones out there. Uh, action! Uh, how was your holiday, my friend? Man, it was. Uh, it, it is. It is great to see another year. It, it, it seems like a year since you know we were last on together and. I guess calendar-wise, it has been a year. Uh, welcome to 2023 to, to everybody, and I, I just hope everybody's having a happy and prosperous uh, start to this year already. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we have quite a bit to cover today. Uh, as you know, the at least initial, um, almost all of the bowl games have been completed. The, the first round, obviously, we still have our college football championship that's going to be coming up in the not too distant future here um but yeah we've we've got some uh we've got some report cards to be checking here when it comes to uh let's see here when it comes to our bowl predictions oh do we have to (laughs) and uh so, uh, but I think the bowl that we probably need to start with is the is the Cotton Bowl. Now, as our listeners may remember, we were promised everyone that we were going to podcast from the Cotton Bowl. Well, well unfortunately, unfortunately, that did not happen. Uh, we were had some weather issues with uh, tornadoes and hail between Dallas and Little Rock. And so, um, unfortunately, we were not able to make it to the Cotton Bowl, which was a, a massive regret, was it, wasn't it, Action? Oh, man, uh, you know, just just knowing what, what, I, what I do have the privilege of knowing about the game, uh, I, I think, you know, you're, you're probably going to allude to this, but as, as you pointed out, goes down as probably one of the greatest college football games of all time. And, you know, and going back and looking at my score sheet, which it's on recording, so, I mean, we can always go back and the fans can play that a thousand times. I, I had written down for the Cotton Bowl, Tulane 38, USC 35. So, now I picked I picked Tulane to win the game, and I did go almost near hit the score. Yeah. So say that score again, Jackson. 38-35. Wow. You know, and, and the listeners can go back and check that. And then um, the final score was 46-45. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I predicted a high-scoring game, and I predicted the winner. So, I mean, uh, I mean, there's the proof in the pudding there, folks. I mean, when when Action throws something out of there, yeah, we, we might, we, not, might not always want to listen to it. We definitely but. have to give you some major credit on that one because that's uh, 
There was not too many people in the country who predicted a high for number one a high scoring game, but number two a high scoring game that Tulane won. So, but but it did happen that way. Uh, the green wave. I mean, tell us tell us something about your alma mater, Big Mo. I mean, flex flex your muscles a little bit. Well, it's it's like like you said. I I, I think it's my vote for the greatest college football game that's ever been played. And, and I really say that. First of all, Tulane was down by two touchdowns at halftime. Anybody watching this game up to halftime, it was a good game. There was there was six touchdowns scored in the first half, so certainly uh, some good action. But um, anyone watching this game at halftime assumed that basically USC was going to pull away. And for the most part, that's kind of what they did. Now, Tulane give them came out in the second half and quickly put uh, 10 points on the board to make it a three-point game going, you know, midway through the third quarter. That's when USC started to take over. And, uh, of course, uh, Caleb Williams... All you have to do is look at his stat line. And, I mean, it's a stat line like few (laughs) have honestly ever seen in a losing effort. I don't don't know anyone. Jackson, he threw for 462 yards. Amazing. Five touchdowns. Absolutely amazing. And, and and I mean, of course, four carries for 10 yards, not much rushing, but – 462 yards passing with five touchdowns. If you were to tell me that that was going to be his line after this game, I'd say there's no way that Tulane even has a chance to win. They're not even in the ball game with those kind of stats. Right. And here's the amazing thing for our listeners. Uh, Do you know, I'm going to let you guess, Action, because I I know you probably weren't counting how many – Passes, do you think? Okay, Caleb Williams completed 37 passes on 52 attempts. Again, he lost the game doing that. How many passes do you think Tulane threw in the game? How many, how many passes do you think they completed? I would say that, I mean, obviously without knowing, I would say that <laughs> Tulane completed 16 passes. 16 passes to, to USC's 37. That's a big disparity right there. Yeah. But I'm telling you, that number for Tulane is lower. Wow. Wow. You want to guess again? Uh, you, you, when you said lower, you made it sound like much lower, so I'm going to say nine. It's lower. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you're just going to have to tell me because this, this is guessing. I give it up to you. No, it's eight passes. They completed eight passes on 17 attempts. They wow. scored 46 points with eight passes. But on those eight passes, Jackson, they got 234 yards in the air on eight completions. That is, that's remarkable. That's, and if you do the math on that, that's more than 29 yards a completion. Wow. Which I would I would hazard to say that's an all-time bowl record. Gotta be. Gotta be. Unless there's like one game out there where back, way back in the 60s or 70s, one team threw one pass and they took it to the house and they didn't throw us another pass for the rest of the game. You know? Yeah. 
That's the yeah. only way you can beat that. That's a crazy number. I mean, 29 pa- – I mean, and they're not playing – I mean, this isn't 29 yards per pass against uh, South, the South Florida Bulls who won two games. This is against the USC Trojans in the Cotton Bowl. USC, who in many people's estimation was going to be in the college football playoff until they uh, lost in the fourth quarter on the last drive to uh, to Utah. So highly impressive. But anyway, um, in in the game, uh, USC storms back or USC takes control with a touchdown to make it 35-24. Tulane battles back, makes another touchdown with 40 seconds left in the third, make it 35-30. to But they, they tried for a two-point conversion and missed it. It was 35-30. to Then... Uh, USC gets a touchdown with 12 minutes left in the fourth on a uh, pass from Caleb Williams, 42 to 30. They get the ball back, milk a lot of clock, and with four and a half minutes left, USC kicks a 43-yard field goal to make it 45 to 30 with four and a half minutes left to play. Wow. Okay. Does this remind you of any games that you've seen recently? Uh, well, you know, it, it's kind of... It, it, kind of reminiscent of the Arkansas game. Uh, I mean, how, how do you how do you let somebody come back from such a big deficit with, you know, really no time on the clock? I, be- I believe Arkansas are in the same position of the game. We were up 38-23, to 23, which was exactly a 15-point yeah. lead, just like, uh, just like USC had. If, I guess this game goes to show that 15-point leads are not safe in bowl games. Anyway, uh, especially in today's college football, where apparently they don't play defense anymore, so that's yeah. a that's a, a story for another day. Uh, I'm still hot about the no defense, but go 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 right ahead. <laughs> well, for the offense lovers, this this was a good one for you. It took it took Tulane facing a 15 point deficit, all of 23 seconds to get back in the end zone. 23 Man. seconds. They completed a. 59-yard pass down to the four-yard line of USC, and on the next run, ran up to – it's amazing they're able to complete that pass, run up to the line of scrimmage, and stuff in a four-yard run all in 23 seconds. Wow. But uh, that's what they did. Uh, I got I, I read you um, Caleb Williams' line. I have to read you Ty J. Spears for Tulane's line. Because his line on the ground is equally, if not more impressive, 17 carries for 205 yards wow. and four touchdowns. That's, that's remarkable. That's, that's a crazy stat line. That was his, his last touchdown right there. So Tulane scores. They make it an eight-point game. But again, there's four minutes left on the clock, and they're still down by eight points. The best they can possibly hope for, you would think, is to stop USC on this possession, get the ball back, score a touchdown, and make a two-point conversion just like Kansas did against Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this this took a whole new script, everybody, and, and those who watch the game know what I mean. On the kickoff, USC actually fumbled the kickoff and the ball rolled out of bounds at the one yard line. 
Yeah, we also had a fumble kickoff in the Arkansas game, but it, and it was recovered by Arkansas, which was good. But I, I don't think I've, I can – I can't remember ever seeing a kickoff being fumbled and the and the team who is receiving the ball taking possession at the one. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Wow. Football well, is a crazy game. Three plays later – Tulane stuffs USC into the end zone for a safety, a safety with three minutes and 20 seconds left to play. The amazing thing about that is not only does that cut that lead to six points, but a safety is the only score in football, as we all know, in which you get the ball back. So now Tulane... Take it. Give it it back to me. I mean, it, it was... I will say this. It was arguably, you could argue that getting in the safety in that situation was better for Tulane than if they had made them made USC fumble the ball and had recovered it in the end zone. Because if they would have done that, first of all, they would have had to make the two-point conversion to tie. But second of all, they would be giving the ball back to USC with plenty of time for them to go down their milk clock and kick a field goal to win a game, right? Right. So this was probably even better than recovering the, the, the football for a touchdown. You're getting the ball back. That's exactly what happened. With three minutes, 20 seconds, Tulane engineers a methodical drive. That all comes down to uh, – the, the, they, they get down to the uh, – see what yard line they were on. Down to the six-yard line with nine seconds to go. They got maybe two more plays left in the game. And quarterback Michael Pratt for Tulane finds Alex Baldwin cutting across the end zone. Baldwin tries to catch the ball, and the officials rule it incomplete. You're going to have to try again with nine seconds left. Oh, but there's instant replay. They go to the replay booth, and as it turns out, Baldwin, Baldwin kept both hands under the ball the entire time. And it is ruled a touchdown. Tulane ties the game on the touchdown, and then the extra point for the win. Tulane wins the Cotton Bowl in dramatic fashion. In dramatic fashion, to say the least, forty-six to forty-five, and stuns the USC Trojans. And USC will still be stunned when college football begins this year. At what transpired at the end of that game? My goodness. I mean, it was a shot. But you know what the amazing, most amazing thing is, action? You know what the most amazing thing is? Because I've just told you, the game was amazing. Go Tulane won. Tulane, that was Tulane's 12th win this year. Incredible. Do you know how many games Tulane won last year? They were 2-10. Uh, well, you're good. You're good, my friend. <laughs> you are very good. Cause that, that is correct. They were 2-10. And, and so... Uh, that that that's actually that's the biggest turn. No, that that's uh, that's ESPN. According to ESPN, that's the biggest turnaround in uh, college football history. No team has ever won ten more games than they won the previous season. Wow! Tulane's the first. So, Man. I mean, you got, it was it was a green wave uh, uh, several weeks back because of you know we've been riding with the green wave uh, you know the last few weeks of the season into the postseason, in the championship game, and into the playoff. I mean, not the playoff, excuse me, into bowl season. Steadily riding the green wave. And, 
you know, I think we could just continue riding that wave all, all the way and, you know, through the off season because they're going to be one of the hottest topics talked about until the polls come out for 2023. Absolutely. And I need you to do a favor for me because you, you, you're real good on, on, uh, on keeping up with the recruiting, the quarterback and the running back, uh, Sharp and, um, and Pratt, I'm sorry, Spears and Pratt are, are main quarterback and running back for Tulane. They're both juniors. So I need you to keep an eye on whether they, they're declaring for the pros or whether they're sticking around. Because if they stick around, I'm here to tell you, Tulane's got a chance to be this the next year's uh, TCU. Because don't forget, this ain't this wasn't a fluke. They also beat Kansas State. They beat Kansas State. They beat USC. They beat Cincinnati. Playoff coming. Expanded playoff coming, Big Mo. So nothing's out of the realm of possibilities right now. There you go. Extended playoff. That's music yep. to a to a New Orleans uh, a Greenway yeah. fan's ears. You know, and uh, but hey, you. I just want to give you some kudos, Big Mo, for for picking such great sports teams. I mean. Your, your Astros, you know, they they won, you know, the, the World Series. Uh, the, the Pelicans are, you know, pretty much, in my opinion, they're the second best team in the West. Uh, you know, I, I'll argue with anybody on that right now. And your, your alma mater does something that we might not ever see again in college football. So, I mean, yeah, just I mean, kudos to you, my friend, for if, knowing how to pick them. If any of our listeners uh, – are aware, please leave us a comment of any game in which there's been a comeback that was spearheaded by a safety in the last five minutes of a game. Because this is the only one I've ever heard of. It's going to be hard for us to find one. It would be my guess. Uh, well, uh, so, Jackson, if you could, we've already, I think we've rehashed that one. Uh, let's just kind of recap some of the games. Uh, give me some of your predicted scores for our 12 Bowls Christmas, and I'll I'll confirm on my list here what the score was and how close you got. Well, uh, I've, I've had uh, I had uh, Oklahoma State winning the guaranteed record bowl, twenty-four to twenty-three, which I know Wisconsin won the game. Uh, no, that was very close. That was very close. The score was twenty-four to seventeen in that one. I had Arkansas winning the Liberty Bowl, forty-one to twenty. Which should have been the right score. One that should have been correct. Me, one that really okay. shocked me was how bad Ole Miss got treated by Texas Tech because I had that a good old-fashioned shootout in the Texas Bowl, 52-39 Ole Miss, and that score was not even close. Um, I had uh, I had Texas winning the Alamo Bowl, 31-27. They lost 27-20. Uh, yeah. Did have NC State winning though pretty handily, even though that wasn't on the list. Uh, <laughs> in the Gator Bowl, I had uh, South Carolina winning forty-one to thirty over Notre Dame. Uh, and let's see here, um, I had uh, Mississippi State winning over Illinois thirty-five seventeen. That game did not get that high scoring. Is it, is it fair to say that the majority of these games you overestimated the score? I, I, I would say that that's pretty accurate. And then in the Rose Bowl, of course, Penn State beat Utah. I had Utah winning 27. To so I, I'd, like, I'd like to make my complaint on why there's not enough offense in college football. 
What's happened to the offense? Uh, I mean, I'm just giving you a hard time, Jackson. Well, and I will, I will say this. <laughs> I will say this: that one score that really shocked me is in the Cheez It Bowl, what LSU did to Purdue. I mean, you're expecting maybe a, a competitive game, and LSU says, "Hey, no, sixty-three to seven. How about we just?" Wow. You know, just stuff them in a, in a bowl full of cheeses and just say, no, Boilermakers. I mean, LSU set all kinds of records in that game. Obviously, we're not LSU fans, but that was one that really shocked me. And you know, actually actually sent Drew Brees to his second retirement in the past three years. <laughs> it's just crazy to think about. And, you know, and, and obviously, uh, you know, we don't, we don't really discuss our NFL teams, but Kudos to the Saints beating the Eagles. And then oh, yeah? what the connection between Tom Brady and Mike Evans did this last weekend to secure the Buccaneers are going to play in the playoffs was absolutely phenomenal to, to see. A yes, 45-year-old armed quarterback just tossing dimes. And, yep. you know, almost throwing for 500 yards. I mean, you know, it's just, I'm like, what am I watching? This is not the same team I've watched all year. And, I mean, I was really expecting disappointment as the game began to unravel. Yeah. The end. I'm like, what in the heck are we doing? And at the end of the day, we get to play Dallas. So, uh, I mean, that's the way it's looking right now. So, uh, man, just a lot going on in sports. But, you know, we've, we've been, we've been, uh, brought back to humanity big mo so to speak because we, we learned we learned monday night that it's, it's not all about sports it's not all about football it's not all about uh all these things that we enjoy at the end of the day we're still human and we've seen a lot of humanity from the nfl and the outpouring for for young damar hamlin and uh i, I just continue to have thoughts and prayers that Somehow he recovers from this, so uh, what appears to be just some kind of fluke. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've honestly, honestly never, never seen anything like that where somebody stands up and then just falls over limp. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the hit to me did not look like it was really that that's what caused it. It was a very normal hit. Uh, it was some contact to his chest that I saw, but, you know, that's football, obviously. And he's the one who actually made the tackle, rolled off of the receiver, and when he stood up, just just fell down, unconscious. Yeah, uh, just a very scary moment. Uh, I I really had to pause to make sure what I was watching because it just didn't seem like it was really happening. And uh, you know, as as many times as you know, I had the privilege to put on the pads. Uh, you know, you never. It never crosses. I mean, obviously, it was high school football. You never, it never crosses your mind that you could step out on the field and then, you know, possibly not wake up again. Uh, and, you know, yeah. like I said, our, our thoughts and you know, our prayers are just with him and his family and the, the NFL as a whole because you know, you know, regardless of what happens when games resume, uh, that's got to be going through every player's mind. You know, that could have been me. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it could be anyone. I mean, 
you know, 24 years old, you just, I mean, yeah, you, you think you have your whole life ahead of you. You're doing what you've always wanted to do is play football and you're doing it for a living. And now you're, you know, your, your life's hanging about and it's just, it's just a scary thing. And, uh, it, it, it reminded us that we, you know, we are humans, you know, we, we do have lives outside of sports and, it's just, uh, it, I hope it reminds everybody out there to, you know, don't take any moments for granted. Because yeah. you don't know when that last, that moment might be your last. And so that would be, that would be action of plea for everybody. Uh, live it while you can. And, you know, be the best person you can because the next day you are the one beside you might not be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're definitely wishing the best for DeMar Hamlin and, hoping that he, he makes a full recovery. Um, but, yeah, you just can't take anything for granted, for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know what kind of consequences that's going to have. Obviously, uh, DeMar Hamlin's safety and, and his health is the first matter, but uh, I, I don't know how that's going to affect the, the standings. Or I'm assuming Buffalo plans to play football uh, against the Patriots this weekend, but uh, that, that's what I hear. But you know, it's all subject to change right now. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, just uh, just you know, very very unfortunate. You know, for for everybody involved, I, I hate it for the players, the refs. You know, everybody that had to deal with that. Uh, you know, and definitely want to give props to the medical staff because they were they were right on point and. Uh, you know, without their quick action, he he already wouldn't be with us. You know, they've they've got him uh, to the place he is now, and you know now he's in the in the hands of somebody much higher. So, uh, you know, just continue thoughts and prayers for him for sure. Yeah, man, I, th- I think uh, you know if Kansas City wins this next weekend, that kind of helps helps the situation if if they end up beating. Um, I think I guess Las Vegas. They put Las Vegas this weekend. If they beat them, I think, uh, you know, obviously if Buffalo would have won, then they would they would get the top seed. But I, I feel like uh, you know Kansas City would would get obviously would get the one seed because they have thirteen wins, the Bills twelve, and to me, you know, the Bills, you know, and and. Uh, Cincinnati kind of got an off week because they only played, you know, like a half a quarter. Yeah. And so I, I think that kind of makes it fair if, if Kansas City wins this week. If Kansas City doesn't win this week, then they didn't deserve the buy anyway, and Buffalo still get it, you know? Right. I, I, so, I agree with you. That's, that's, that's good points. You know, and, uh, I, you know, I have to, you know, always be more, I hate to jump around on you, but I, before we came on the air, you were mentioning something about a, a, a NC State beatdown going on in basketball. Do you, do you have any update for us on uh, that? I actually do have an update on that. Let me see. The last I checked, NC State was late in the second half, leading by 29 points. Oh, my goodness. And that lead has now been cut to 26 with a minute 54 left to play. NC State 83, Duke 57. Now, who'd you, who'd you say you are playing? Uh, Duke. Well, which team? With, uh, Duke State. 
The Duke, no, the Duke Blue Devils. The Duke Blue Devils. No, not the former, not the not the team that was formerly coached by Coach K. That's not, the one. That's the one. No, no, playing I, that team. Wow. And and beat, the beating them 84 to 59 right now is the score with a minute 09 left to play. Get your come up in Duke. That's what I'm saying. Get what you got coming to you. Way to go for the Wolfpack. My goodness. That's wonderful. Now, you are having a, a, a heck of a beginning to your sports year, Big Mo. Let me just tell you that, my friend. Yes, I am. Of course, the Saints won. Now, we did get eliminated, but <laughs> we, we went, you know, obviously the Saints had their chance, you know. Um, I'm looking for some coaching changes next year. But, uh, you know, when you're ahead by, uh, I want to say, 13 points with, what, four minutes left to go, five minutes left to go in the game against the Buccaneers, and you can't finish it off, then you don't you don't deserve to, to keep playing. Yeah. It's just the bottom line. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you. As I already alluded to, what we've seen from Tom Brady, uh, I, I'm just wishing that it would have – it just doesn't seem like to me that this is could still be the Bucks year. I mean, even you know, if we were to beat the Cowboys or whoever we play in that first round game, I, I don't have. I, I just have a bad feeling that it, it's still going to end up bad for my team because the way the seasons went. But, I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. But no, no, I do not think. First of all, you people have learned over many years to never bet against Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> You don't bet against Tom Brady. That's rule number one. But rule number two, just realistically, even if, you know, we didn't have the Tom Brady factor, I like how things set up for the Buccaneers. Uh, First of all, I think the three best teams in the NFL are in the AFC, and that's Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. I don't think any team in the NFC is in the top three. So, so first of all, they, if, if you're telling me that, that the Bucks are, are, are fearful of Philadelphia or Minnesota or San Francisco, I say, come on. The, those, those, those teams shouldn't scare anybody. First of all, Minnesota, I mean, did you see what happened last week to Green Bay? Oh, yeah. What yeah. a joke. Minnesota got run off of the field against yeah. their arch rival. So nobody's shaking their boots against Minnesota. Philadelphia has what, as far as I can tell, a hurt quarterback who hasn't played in two weeks, and they're a young, unproven team, and they're, they're, they're still the Eagles. They're the Eagles, right. okay? And, yeah, they, they yeah, won I'm Super Bowl. I'm for Jalen Hurts because I really think he was having the MVP type year. Hey, all you got to do is just look at it. The, 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 the Bucks beat the Saints twice this year, right? 2-0 against the Saints. Eagles are 0-1 against the Saints. Wow. Okay, so if the Saints beat Philadelphia in Philly, but they couldn't beat the Bucks once, that just the simple logic of that tells me the Bucks can beat the Eagles, or they're at least as good as the Eagles, based on how my own team has performed against both of them. So nobody's scared of the Eagles. The 49ers are the one team that, that probably the Buccaneers do not want to play. That's probably the one team they don't want to play. But that being said, there's other teams that could knock them off before they meet. And even even if they have to meet San Francisco, San Francisco just about got beat by the Raiders last week. They gave up 34 points to the Las Vegas Raiders, who are not going to make the playoffs. You know, and, 
as a fan, Big Mo, I mean, you, you make good points. And, I, I mean, I'm not going to count out Tom Brady. He never lost to the Cowboys in his career. Uh, oh, well, but that, that's where I was going to start. Never lost yeah. to the Cowboys in his career. I'll <laughs> that. And, you know, and to get a rematch with San Francisco, who absolutely trumped Tampa Bay, uh, would be, I mean, that's what I'd want as a fan. You know, and maybe Tom Brady has just been sitting back all year waiting, hey, I want to do it the way Eli did it. I want to just back my way into the playoffs and then sneak up on everybody. And let's go win it that way. And that would be great as a fan. I mean, but I just, there's just something in my mind that's saying, man, we're going to slip up somewhere. We're not going to the Super Bowl. That's just, I mean, that's just my, my gut feeling that right now I don't, I don't believe we're going to make it. Well, I mean, that's to me, that's not slipping up. Nobody expects Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got nothing to lose. Nobody expects anything from them. They've got everything to gain. But but you started off with, with point number one, which, again, is not certain. Either the Eagles need to lose this coming week or the Cowboys need to, uh, need to lose. Either the Eagles or the Cowboys need to lose this coming week. I'm sorry, either the Eagles win – or the Cowboys lose, and you will have a Dallas Cowboy-Tampa Bay showdown in Tampa Bay to start the playoffs. Like you said, wow. Tom Brady's never lost to Dallas. So, so they're definitely rooting for a, uh, a Dallas being the top wild card not winning the division. So there's win number one right there. Then whoever wins that game, you're going to play whoever gets the bye. Well, if Philadelphia ends up winning their game against uh, the Giants this week, and uh, no matter what Dallas does, I believe they're going to get the bye. Let me, let me see. The, they're going to be 14-3 and three if they win that game. That's correct. And, yeah, they will get the bye. So then, so you beat Dallas, right? That's step number one. You beat Dallas. Then you have Philadelphia waiting mm-hmm. in, in week number two as the bye team. And as I have to repeat, nobody's scared of Philadelphia. Nobody is scared of Philadelphia. Right. And so you just roll in there. Uh, Philadelphia's lost their last two games. They barely beat the, yes, you heard me, the Chicago Bears. Oh. Barely beat the Bears by five points, 25 to 20, in a very no, ugly game. <laughs> yeah, on the week before Thanksgiving. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, the week before Christmas. And so, yeah, they had a great early season run, but Philadelphia is on a, a, a downward trajectory right now. They're on a downward trajectory. And, um, yeah, that's who – that's basically the, the dream scenario for Tampa Bay is they get Dallas and Philadelphia those first two games. Then they get their way into the NFC Championship. And they're hoping that in that time, somebody has beaten San Francisco. San Francisco would have to win, obviously, two games, too, to make it to that NFC championship. And they're hoping to see anybody other than San Francisco on the other side of that that, uh, coin toss come uh, NFC championship time. And if they do, if it's the Vikings or, you know, God forbid, the Giants, I don't know, um, you got to like their chances, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, but, but think about that. Here, here, about yeah, he, my he, squad. I mean, that's my team, and, and you just 
pretty much convinced the optimist of the two of us to believe there's still a chance. Well, let me well let me just give you a rundown. If it's Tampa Bay against Minnesota, who are you taking there? My defense. You take you take you you like in Tampa. You feel Tampa Bay's feeling good if it, if the championship's Tampa Minnesota. If it's Tampa Giants, of course Tampa, uh, right? Come on. Yeah, yeah. If it's Tampa, we don't know who the who the last playoff team's going to be, but it's going to be Seattle, Detroit, or Green Bay. If it's Tampa, Green Bay. Obviously, it's going to be in Tampa, and you like that, right? Yeah, yeah, that would be. If it's Tampa, Detroit, in Tampa, you like Tampa. And if it's Tampa, Seattle, the only way I see them getting a matchup that they can't win is if San Francisco runs the table and they wind up playing uh, in um, in Levi Stadium in the NFC Championship. Yeah. So. Uh, no. Listeners, go out and if if you if you get if you're getting some good odds at the casino on Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl, which I know you're not, because a lot of people see this coming just like I do. But yeah. go ahead and place your bet because your money's being well spent there. Uh, he has a very legitimate chance. Yeah. What what a uh, what a, I mean what a, a statement. I, I I love it. I absolutely love it. And you know while while you're out there on that on that edge, my friend. Uh, you, you might as well go ahead and say that Georgia repeats in the in the championship game uh, because that's my that's my vote. Uh, that's my gut feeling. After two great semifinals, uh, again, where are you, defense and college football? You have left me, my friend. Uh, if, if the defense and college football would, would give me a call or, or uh, drop me a drop me a link on how to find you, uh, I'll be glad to reacquaint myself with defense in, in the but, super college football that I love so much, but, but, I, but I'm going to Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I have to say, well, but then again, I, I, I'm going for the SEC. You know, my head tells me Georgia, but at the same time, there's something, as, as you've said, I think you said earlier on, on one of our earlier podcasts, that TCU is a team of destiny this year. You said it. You said they're a team of destiny this year. And I think, I'm starting to believe it. I have to believe it after what I just saw this past Saturday. And you know, and it might be that they were destined to be the first Big 12 team to play for the college football playoff championship. That could have been their destiny. But here's the thing. If you, if you. My question to Big Mo is, is this, is this the game where college football defense makes its appearance. Is this the game? Does either defense show up, or are we looking for a shootout? I think it's got to be a shootout because both teams got here in shootouts, right? I would not expect it to be any different than what we saw on Saturday, which was nothing but point scoring on all sides. And I can't can't disagree with that. Uh, I'm going to go – this is just – you know, Action Jackson, folks. So, you know how some of those scores went in the bowl games. If you kept up, I'm going to say 31-30, Georgia Bulldogs. Okay. 31 to 30. 31-30. Well, that's that's a good score. I, I will say I have to I have to point out, and I look back at the history on this. A TCU win here would truly, I think it would truly be just un I wouldn't say unprecedented 
but you have to understand the magnitude of what it would be. If you go back in the in the last 30 years of college football champions, there is not a single name on that list that is not the bluest of blue bloods, okay? There's not a single name on that list that you would even consider like an A-minus tier of college football. Let me just run down. This is the list in chronological order of the last 30 champions. I'm going to run this down. Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, Alabama twice, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, LSU, Florida, Texas, USC, LSU and USC, Ohio State, Miami, Oklahoma, Florida State, Tennessee, Michigan, Nebraska, Florida, Nebraska, Nebraska, Florida State, and Alabama. As the last 30 years of college football, you, there's not a single name on there that even comes close to TCU, which not long ago was not even a major conference team. You have to understand this almost in our lifetime. You have to go back to the only thing I can compare it to is in 1990, there was a split national championship between Colorado and Georgia Tech. I was too young to even know what football was at that time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was four, so yeah. Yeah, But but in, in our sports watching lives, we have never seen a college football national champion that that's not just a complete blue chip powerhouse. No team like TCU has ever won it. So it would be it would shake the earth if TCU became national champions, and um, it would truly just remake college football into a, a a a system in which anyone could win it on any given year. I mean, even a team like Arkansas, I would I would say a team like Arkansas, which is not regularly at the top, even them win a national championship would be shocking. I think TCU would be even more shocking. I, I agree, and 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 that's why I made the you know I posed the open-ended question, so to speak, to you is that I think this could be the game where the defense shows up, where that Kirby Smart defense. Well, you just gave uh, us a score, Jackson, 31-30. to 30. That's not defense I, I, to me. I, I understand. I understand. You know, <laughs> and, but, I mean, I'm just saying don't be surprised if, <laughs> if the defense did show up in this game because he's been touted all this time as having great defenses. And I just – I would it would not shock me if the defense showed up. But, you know, granted, I, I think it's going to be a shootout. I, I mean – but you got to go surprised. back, Jackson. Hey, you got to go back to 1984. 1984, Brigham Young won the national championship, BYU. Wow. That's the last, that's the only comparison that I can see. I mean, in, in really college football history, yeah. uh, ever since, you know, uh, you had a bunch of split national champions on here. With Arkansas being one of them in 1964, uh, that's that's the only one that's not just USC, Notre Dame, Alabama, Texas, you know, uh, Georgia, Clemson, just your absolute established blue bloods, you know, that are repeat. And when you said Nebraska so many times, I'd almost forgot that they'd ever won a national championship as bad as they've yeah. been recently. <laughs> so, uh, 
yeah, it's I been mean, a while. You know, again, you know, all this other football going on, college football only has one game left, and it, it's the talk of the town on this podcast, folks. And, you know, we got college basketball that's uh, in progress right now. Uh, that shows how devoted I am to the fans of this podcast and the big Mo himself because my beloved Razorbacks are playing basketball right now if it's not at the half, and I'm on the show with Big Mo, and there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. So, I mean, what, what a great what a great time of the year it is and really fixing to kick into the full swing of college basketball. And I definitely look forward to every moment of it with, with you and the fans, uh, my friend. Absolutely. I have to echo those sentiments, Jackson. And, you know, uh, I, I mean, we always, we, we always try to shoot for a shorter cast, and, and we didn't make it this week either, but... It's okay. Uh, I, I hope that all of our number one fans uh, out there aren't aren't uh, too upset with us, and I hope they keep clicking back in and listening. And man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and, and say amen to that, and, and I look forward to the next one. Big Mo. Well, I guess I, I can't guess end it any better than that. Than that. Uh, like I said, like I hope, said, hope everybody, everybody has a great, has a great start, start to the new, the new year, year and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll look, look forward, forward to getting, getting to, getting you, to next you next time. time.